Star Wars 7x7 episode 2969. Today, the first half of a new conversation with Kevin Scott, author of many Star Wars works, including significant work on phase one of the High Republic. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So here's the official bio for Kevin. Kevin is a New York Times bestselling author whose work includes novels, television, comic books, and award-winning audio dramas. He has written for a large number of high-profile series including Star Wars, Batman, Doctor Who, Assassin's Creed, Pacific Rim, Transformers, Back to the Future, Star Trek, Vikings, Adventure Time, and more. His creator-owned series include the supernatural spy thriller Shadow Service from Vault Comics and The Ward, an urban fantasy medical drama that came out this June from Dark Horse Comics. Now, I'd been having sort of a back and forth about this interview since before Star Wars Celebration, actually, and we couldn't work out a time to you know, sit down for the longer conversation, so it's been delayed until now. And he didn't necessarily have anything directly to promote at this time, so this isn't necessarily about any particular story. However, we are going to talk about the High Republic, and we're going to talk about his writing process, too, because he is just so incredibly prolific. But if you listen carefully, you'll probably hear a little tidbit about the Phase 2 High Republic comic that he's writing, and there's even a mention of Phase 3 of the High Republic as well. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is the first half of my conversation with Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott, thank you so much for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that I get to talk with you again. It's, I mean, it seems like it's been a while, but it's only actually been, I guess, a couple of months since Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, but you've been traveling quite a lot since then, <laughs> as I've seen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, um, the, the big event of the year being San Diego Comic Con, which for comic writer creators like me is, is our Christmas. And obviously it was the first, <laughs> the first Comic Con for a few years for obvious reasons. So it was, um, yeah, it was a big moment to get out there. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you had the opportunity to do that. And you know, as you say, you are a comic creator and a prolific one, not just for Star Wars stuff, obviously, but for so many other projects, so many other IP, and also your own work, too. So I think where I want to start with you, if I may, is uh -huh. just to address the fact that the sheer volume of your output is just outstanding. And here on the podcast, I've often referred to you as the hardest working writer in Star Wars. So just from a functional perspective, how do you nurture your ability to find inspiration and maintain your creative production? Well, I appreciate that. I think George Mann is trying to wrestle that title from me, <laughs> as people will say. Um, well, I think I think it's mainly okay. I am a complete um, productivity nerd and always have been. So prior to doing the job I do now, I was a magazine editor um, for many years. And so part of that job was keeping a team en route to hitting our deadlines every sort of 19 days to turn, churn out another magazine. Um, and I always hated the idea of A, missing a deadline, still do to this day, and B, us having to work late to do it. So I was um, a complete demon when it came to calendars, to um, to-do lists, planning, and I'm still the same to this day. So everything I do is mapped into a calendar and every 
day of those things that are mapped into a calendar are then broken down into tasks. So it, it probably sounds the most uncreative thing possible. But I think when you've got that kind of system in place, it frees you up to be creative. So, you know, most of the time I know pretty much any point in the month what I'm working on. Um, what days I'm working on it um, so I don't have to think I can do there's that scene I think in Batman Returns where Bruce Wayne goes into his closet and he's just got lots of bat suits and it's the same you know he doesn't have to think about what he's wearing that day it's the same what Steve Jobs used to do the same he had his his version of the bat suit and he wore it every day because he didn't have to worry about what he was doing um, uh, in his wardrobe he just had to worry about the work of the day and so that's pretty much how I try and operate while trying to keep the flexibility that obviously things change and you know deadlines move and and when you're working in teams there can be other um human life gets in the way so um so yeah i i just am a a planner and a organizer at heart um and i think that's how, what how what helps me get through i will say that i am probably um starting to take you know take the foot off the pe pedal a bit I, I think the last couple of years I did the very classic freelancer thing of going, yes, I'll say yes to everything because I had no <laughs> idea what was coming next. Um, and also a lot of things got bunched up together, which weren't actually planned to hit at the same time. So I am yeah, in the process of perhaps doing slightly less, um, especially for the High Republic over the next couple of years, just because I want to be able to concentrate on the things that I am doing that they're the best they could possibly be. Excellent. And I can absolutely relate to what you're saying about being a productivity nerd and wanting to use those tools to make it easier for you to be able to creative when you need to be creative and not have to worry about, you know, the planning and carry that all around in your head. So may I ask you, do you have a couple of particular favorite uh, tools that you like to use? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I have to do this, which is my to do. Um, to do list of of choice which is uh, has all my products listed out and everything broken down um and it's then it's plainly simple with things like usual stuff like evernote um and for people who know what that is that's a, a note-taking um op, um software that can go on the mac or the pc or whatever mm -hmm. and, and just your, your basic google calendar um and between the three of those uh, that's what i keep my myself in order with excellent very straightforward that's terrific yeah. Um, I've tried so, loads of things. I, I I quite often get I can get distracted with a new um, productivity suite quite easily. <laughs> so I I've just I've trained myself to just use the basics and, and follow a system that works across everything. <laughs> Terrific. I like it. So with all the different things that you have been writing up until this point, and honestly, like the type of media is just outstanding. I mean, it's novels and comics, and that's across multiple age groups and audio dramas and short stories. Is there a particular format that you like best or one that you have particularly enjoyed a lot and can't wait to do more of? Um, I think comics are my happy place. It's, huh. the, it's the format where... I feel most comfortable um, and always have done. And, you know, and that comes through a, a lifetime time of reading. They were, they were how I got into reading, you know, they're how I got into Star Wars and various other things as well by reading the comics associated with the various universes. Um, so yeah, a day when I'm working on comics is, you know, it, it is, is always a day when I, I'm ready to sort of sit down and start, start going. Um, I think, out of all of the novel writing is the one I find most difficult because it's obviously so different to comics um you know comics I love because it's a team um occupation it's you're, you're part of a, a creative um group um same with audio drama and tv 
when it's a novel, it's just you, your editor, and and a, and a word processor. Um, so I, those are the ones that I that, that's probably what I find the most difficult and the most challenging. But um, the way doing the kind of job I do, and the way I try and plan my job, and and the try and the way I try and be able to cross formats, there's a there's a, there's method to the madness in the fact that you know if I am working on a novel. Um, and I can find myself getting bogged down in it. I can say, right, if I've organized myself right, I can take a couple of days and I'm going to go and work on a comic. And it, it can it can free up any, any sort of block I, I have when I'm writing. So it's I use it as a palate cleanser as well. So especially after a long project, I, I, I usually sort of have some comics that, because they're, to be honest, they're quicker. Um, you know, it sounds mm -hmm. very a very simple and obvious thing to say. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's a very fast paced, writing style as well you know you've got the from the you know you obviously have to sit and plan and pace and again being a planner comics work for me because they you know you can't you can't write by the seats of your pants with comics it never works well, it doesn't for me anyway because you it's a it's a um it's a format that is based on structure um far more so than a lot of other other formats and media because you have to hit certain things on certain pages and you and you and you know there's only so many things you can expect an artist to draw um and so even when that's all involved i find it a much faster process and more fluid process so yeah i definitely use it as a way to um to relieve myself if i'm getting stressed down in in one particular bigger project and I imagine, too, in addition to the palate cleansing benefit of it, which I also totally understand, the planning process for it and, you know, the plotting process, that probably speaks a little bit to your organizational skills as well, mm. where if you're thinking about things in advance, you're probably doing a lot of advanced structural work. So that way, when you get to the writing, I imagine that things go a lot more easily for you. Yeah, so basically... Um how I work with comics is that if, for example, the High Republic um, phase two comic, which I'm working on at the minute. So um, it's a shorter run than we had from, from the first, from the first series. And so I know I've got those set amount of, of issues. I've planned it out way in advance that, you know, everyone got a step-by-step, -step, this is what happens in this issue, this happens in that issue. And then um, after that's gone back and forth and everyone's, you know, uh, uh, put their opinion in and I've fought back on some of them and agreed with some of them and come up with <laughs> something completely new on others um I usually wait then so for example tomorrow I'm right I'm starting to work on a new issue my first task of the day will be to go back to that document see where the last issue la ended because there will be some changes from between the outline and, and actually writing it things happen you, you discover um you discover different things about your characters about your story think about other things that are going on the initiative because there'll be there may be something else happening elsewhere in the high republic which now it's got a bearing on the story i'm telling right. um so i will sit down and i will go those 20 pages i will work out what's on every page and that's the first thing i do on those writing days um and from then it's then a case of you know, you get into the script and you break it down even more into the panels so it is various sort of different stages of 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 um of planning you know from the from the wider picture through to the literally getting down to the page and, and to the panel itself so i think it's probably again linked into my organizational um habits um that's why it works so well for me it's why you know and also i do i think quite visually um in any way i'm a, a mind mapper and all that kind of thing i mean you know my notes are all over the place and they have doodles on it so again for a comic i i can see pages i can't draw them <laughs> um, as my artists know because I quite often 
send them sketches which are i hope will never end up in an official art book um, but <laughs> i was gonna ask no are you no. sending stick figures <laughs> pretty much yeah or uh you know and uh, or yeah the, the the comeback is i will just find like, things that are similar to what i'm thinking and trying to explain it um but you know i, I can sort of see pages in my mind how i imagine them to be with the proviso that the artist is obviously the artist and they might have something that's so much better and when you're dealing with people like ario and Dito, that absolutely that will happen um but yeah so again it, it really links into the way my, my brain works if it does work at all um and so <laughs> so yeah it's it's absolutely my sort of my my happy place as i said that's wonderful thank you so much for that and i imagine that that must mean too that somewhere in the midst of all the you know people working on the high republic that somebody also has that you know, organization job or multiple somebody's have that organization job for you know, keeping track of all the moving parts and whatnot. Although maybe that's something you can't necessarily talk about. So I you know, don't want to draw well, you I into mean, something. <laughs> in the in the case of a in the case of a comic, I mean that's the editor and the ed and the assistant editor. That is their job, um, you know, to make sure that everything's moving. Um, I think everyone on a creative team takes responsibility for it as well, you know. Um, and and you and it is a. I mean, it's a constant thing. When you're writing a comic, you're not just delivering a script and then that's it. You know, you're getting sketches back, you're getting pages back, you're get, you're giving notes on those. Then you get the colours and you give notes on those. And then you get the, even before it's lettered, there's usually another part of the script to make sure that the script links with what's been drawn um, or whether you can tweak the dialogue, whether it's developed over the month or whatever the time period is. So it's it's a fluid motion um, with a comic. It's, it's not just a case of you put it in and that's your part done um the best comics i've ever worked with uh, on are the the ones where everyone's having input all the time so yeah the editor is in the middle of the spoke is the you know the hub of all the spokes of that wheel that are spinning so fast um and i will always take my hat off um and and, and mark on the on the um on the star wars comics and his team are just are great you know because they are dealing with so much i mean let's face it the high republic is just one part of the wider star wars um scene and you know mark's right there in the middle trying to make sure that we're all wrangling us all to try and make sure that we're, we're doing what we need to be doing when we need to be doing it yeah and it is quite a lot i mean there are at least 10 different titles running at any particular moment of course some of them are ongoing monthly series and then others are just the you know five issue limited series that they're doing yeah. and then the occasional one shots know. and annuals and yeah and backup strips and it, yeah it's a huge huge task Oh yeah, goodness. So now that phase one of the High Republic storytelling is complete, what would you say is most surprising for you in terms of you know, the storytelling that emerged out of all those years of dreaming and planning and actual execution of the storytelling? I think it was, well, one of the things most surprising is how people have taken it into their hearts because we had no idea if it was going to work. You know, it was a gamble and also it was a gamble that was taken in the middle of a you know, an international pandemic. Um, and so I think it was only when we got to celebration this year and saw people, and I, you know, I've talked about it uh, online, but, you know, when we had our panel um, and 4,000 people turned up to, to come <laughs> to the High Republic, which is in, yes. it's, it's, it's just not known, you know, that that's not how book and comic panels work, especially at events like celebration. Um, and that was amazing to me crazy scary um daunting um rewarding there's so many emotions wrapped up in that and seeing the response of people and seeing how it's affected them that has been something i don't think i really or any of us had really 
um, expected because you know, we, we'd all been working on Star Wars for a while and we know the impact that, you know, publishing has. And as I said, for me, if it wasn't for Star Wars publishing, I'm sure I would have watched Star Wars. I was, you know, a kid of the 70s. Of course, I'd watch Star Wars. But right. my, my introduction was the Marvel comics. You know, that was my that, that's what hooked me before I saw the films. So I know the impact these things can have. And I've, you know, done a lot of work in children's fiction when I've worked with kids who will never read until they pick up a Star Wars book or a Batman book or, or whatever, because they, they need that hook so I, I know how important that is I didn't realize how wide ranging this was going to be and the <laughs> impact it was going to have to people the impact it was going to have within Lucasfilm you know and the fact now that there are series that are connecting to it you know there are other things happening behind the scenes it, it got so much bigger than we initially when we stood up and announced it at Burbank um literally just prior to the first lockdown um we had no idea that everything that's happening was going to happen um and I think some of that was the response some of that was actually the pandemic gave us a chance to to think about things and, and work out how can we we could expand it from a storytelling point of view um i think it sounds crazy because actually characters are always first and that's what what you 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 go deep in but obviously when you're dealing with something like the high republic where we've got such a plan of how the story is going um and the characters obviously play a part in that what i've been pleased with um and so this isn't a surprise i knew we would but i'm pleased to see it's happened is how the characters are informing that plot because there was a worry that you know the the plot would lead the characters and you know and that's none of us wanted that and the characters have taken a life of their own um and some characters are far more important than we we thought they were ever going to be for me personally um skier who i loved um from the moment we first discussed him um mm -hmm. I had no idea he was going to be Keeve's master right at the beginning. I had no idea of how his how emotional his path was going to get. I had no idea I was going to be writing a father and daughter um, relationship at the center of Star Wars. You know, as as a father of two daughters, it, it became incredibly important to me. On the flip side of that, on the side of you know, on the darker side, to coin a phrase, I mm. no none of us had no idea that Lorna D was going to be a phenomenon. Um, you know, she was a bit part um character in Charles's first novel she was someone we thought was cool but had no idea where she was going and the trajectory she's now on is completely different because people responded to her um and because of things we again I, I didn't know I'd be writing a drama you know audio drama based on her life or right. any of those things and again I knew she was going to be a part in the comic I didn't realize what a big part that was going to be so that has been the the great thing about the the initiative is watching it grow both as a multimedia project and also as this these bunch of characters who have become living beings for us you know and, and whose life we've invested so much in um so yeah some of that is a surprise some of it is a relief um but yeah, <laughs> that it's worked um but yeah it's definitely it's the, definitely my takeaways from it all right, we're going to take a pause right there and we will pick up the conversation on tomorrow's episode. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this part of the conversation and this episode, as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.